this Carson Wentz trade NFL win total predictions and curling edition of the sports gambling podcast is brought to you by BetQL. BetQL is your home for all the info you need to make yourself a smarter, better college basketball, NBA and NHL, whatever the sport they got you covered. Plus use promo code SGP 30 for 30% off their premium data. Just go to BetQL.com promo code SGP 30 BetQL.com promo code SGP 30. We're also brought to you by better than Vegas. Better than Vegas is the home for avid sports betters, providing insights, analysis, and free betting picks. Better than Vegas, it's like YouTube for sports betting. Make sure to subscribe to our page so you don't miss a pick. Sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash BTV. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash BTV. We're also brought to you by Better Edge. Better Edge is a stock exchange for sports bets, allowing you to buy and sell betting positions like a stock market. The best part is it allows you to bet with no VIG. That's right, no VIG betting that's legal in 40 states. Sign up at betteredge.com, promo code SGP for a free $10 bet. That's B E T T O R, edge.com, promo code S G P. Hey, this is Derek Stevens. I'm the owner of Circle Las Vegas. You're listening to SGPN. Let it ride. Welcome everyone to the sports gambling podcast. I'm Sean stacking the money green with my partner in picks, Ryan, real money Kramer. What's happening? Kramer dog. Just a, uh, just a last second audible about to call the play about to, to call hike bang breaking news. Bang. The deal has been done. Carson Wentz is no longer a Philadelphia Eagle and, and uh goodbye Carson. Oh, wow. Good bye. You, you, you know, I went all in believing Carson wow. Wentz was ginger. Jesus was the man. And he, he really at the very, I mean, this whole off season, he has not been handling this well, you know, basically refusing to be traded to other teams, except for the Colts, forcing the Eagles hands, forcing his way out of Philadelphia. If you don't want to play in Philadelphia, good. You're never going to play in Philadelphia. You're never coming back. <laughs> if you play in Philadelphia, you're going to lose because you're going to be on some other dog shit team. Wow. We went all in on you and you severely disappointed us mostly with your just fucking attitude. So goodbye, Carson Wentz. We will enjoy the third round, uh, second round pick and possible uh, possible first round pick. So he, they got a third round pick this year, conditional next year for Carson. And then, or conditional second, which could be a first. So, not a uh, not a horrible haul. I I thought maybe they would get an actual first rounder, but that was just based off kind of some of the rumblings uh, we were hearing. And uh, yeah, I don't know, Kramer. Uh, I mean, it's good. I mean, look, this is. I think early on you were you were sniffing the we're gonna get some first round picks glue. I think you you were maybe a little higher on the fact that there was. There was no leverage for the Philadelphia Eagles in this situation. No, and so, I, I think there was. I think they were in a good position until he made it clear he wouldn't play for any other team, which is a real 
real just bitch I, move. I don't think they were in a better position because I don't think anyone else wanted him. I think this was a weird situation where they probably got more than they should have because there wasn't really a market for him. Yeah, and I guess if if you're looking at it that way, if there really was only one team bidding on him to get a third round pick this year and a conditional second next year that could turn into a first, that's not horrible. To get anything for a guy that you owe a shitload of money to in the NFL yeah, is I impressive. Mean, really, just to get away from the deal and uh, this world where Carson Wentz was dead last statistically, like there certainly there's a chance he can revive his career. He, he's playing in a dome because he's soft Whoop. and he's he's who's for, getting dizzy with he, me. He's forcing <laughs> yo. He's he's oh I gotta play with my coach Frank Reich. I can't handle other coaches. Get the fuck out of here. Well, I, now if that guy if that guy somehow plays a little bit better, which it is a statistic, like it, I mean, you can almost lock up he's gonna have a better year because you were the worst fucking quarterback in the league last year. Well, and so, he's going to a healthier situation with well, better well, yeah. coaching. I mean, if I was statistically the last last place quarterback, the fact that you think you have leverage to decide where you want to go is just insane. Well, I think, and that's the interesting thing, right? We were talking about this in the context of college basketball very recently with uh, Jalen Johnson opting out at Duke, right? Like yeah. certain certain behavioral things. He never struck me as a millennial, but that's the problem with the gingers, Ryan. They're sneaky. They're sneaky. You think they're like, oh, hey, this guy, he's they were cool. Put on this earth he's Dakota <laughs> Strong. He's he's a Bronco. He's a cowboy. No, you're nothing. You're just a whiny baby who, when you face some adversity, decide to take your ball and go play in Indianapolis. Well, good luck. Enjoy Indianapolis. Enjoy living in that city. I don't know. Indianapolis is a fine city, but Carson what, Wentz. You what suck. a plot twist for Sean in the majority of your late twenties and thirties to be spitting with Indianapolis quarterbacks. First Andrew Luck, he leaves <laughs> know, to go backpacking the world on the college uh, basketball picks <laughs> podcast. I pick against Syracuse. Of course, that game got scrubbed. <laughs> but yes, it's it's time to move on. I Andrew will not Luck, be rooting for the Colts, and Andrew I'm not Luck. rooting for Carson Wentz to succeed. <laughs> These fans who it's the ultimate millennial move of like, yeah, I, I'm rooting for Carson wherever he goes. I get it. I also hate Howie Roseman, and I I was still against the Jalen Hurts pick, but I'm never gonna root for someone. Who's not on the Eagles? I, there's rare exceptions, like a guy like Brian Dawkins. But to even to even mention Carson Wentz in that similar vein is just disgusting. It makes my stomach turn. So because now you can fully admit he didn't even win a Super Bowl. No, he did. He was a big part of that 2017 Super Bowl. So didn't thank you, thank Super you for Bowl. that, and uh, goodbye. I never want to see you. I'm going to smash my Carson Wentz statue as soon as I get home, and. Uh, Sean, on, you, right? you know, you, we have a, a, a like almost an a, a, a allergic reaction that causes us to root for the Colts causes us to bet on the Colts. It started with luck. We liked Phillip rivers. Now I think there's a version of this where Sean becomes smitten with Carson Wentz again. Once he shows a little bit of that athleticism, look, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm happy for the the Eagles. I'm happy the uh, they, they can move on. I'm happy and now to move they can on. fully commit this, uh, to uh, to a guy we've seen play for a game and a half, and uh, you know the franchise is in his hands. I think this is this is the beginning of the end for Howie Roseman. If I'm if I, if I'm making lemonade as an Eagles fan, like. Is this just the first step to get him the fuck out of here? No. Well, we have the second. We have the sixth overall pick. We have two third round picks now. Like we have a bunch of draft capital. We'll see if he can actually hit it. Right. We are live on the locker room as well. Live streaming on YouTube. We're going to uh, be predicting. We're going to guess uh, the 2020 NFL win totals. Uh, blow through that, and then also uh, we will be joined 
by an Olympic gold mess medalist. Tyler George won the uh, 2018 USA Olympic gold medal in curling. And there are some curling gambling opportunities for you. Hashtag only. Uh, I'm so sorry. a lot on our uh, on our slate today. How Kevin. many gold medals do you have, sir? Uh, good morning, John. What's good, bro? Not uh, John. You with us? There Hello. we go. Hey, what's sorry up, John? That. All good, hey. man. Good morning, boys. How you guys doing? Doing morning. great. Good, good. Hey, uh, Ryan, I'm, I'm with you. Um, I'm 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 not an Eagles fan, but my college roommate was and. And I'm with him by association. I've, I've I've been following the Eagles for years, just like you have, and <laughs> I'm I'm happy that you're able to kind of move past Wentz, you know. And let's be real, you know, Wentz, he's been injury prone since North Dakota State. You know what I mean? And so, I don't know. I, I liked him. You know, he had a he had an MVP year before he got, you know, injured. Before and Ryan then, cursed him, and then Ryan, the Super Bowl, Ryan but, predicted that. Uh, Carson Wentz would blow out his ACL the game before he did, and uh, that kind of backfired because they went on a nice run and won the two. I was only retaliating so. for you and your father <laughs> celebrating Victor Cruz' career-ending oh, injury. Come on, you act like Victor Cruz. I'm never. I'm career, taking that to the grave. Career was anything close <laughs> to Carson Wentz? It was not. Jung, uh, before we let you go, what what are you on sure. today? I know you got uh, something. Yeah, no, I'm 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 looking at some um, some college basketball, so I'm definitely looking at like Elon and William and Mary. Maybe Ooh. maybe looking leaning towards Elon. Diving um, into the power programs. <laughs> absolutely, and just one last thing, you know, FCS football is a thing. Um, Kramer, since you are the SoCon specialist that you know we we that we've craved, embrace it. I want to tease Western Carolina and Youngstown State oh. this week. All right. Let it ride, boys. Let it ride, awesome, brother. Awesome, John. Yeah, and we will be uh we will be dropping an FCS week two picks podcast. I'm I'm staring at my Austin P jersey that came in the mail. I'm a governor's fan, Ryan. It's official, so we're gonna be going hard with FCS well, football as well. I love it because now I'm I'm getting into the SOCON and basketball and football at the same <laughs> time. The streams are crossing. Worlds are colliding. Uh, before we get to the the Wintels, one more one more of the regular DJs. Uh, Terrell, what's up, brother? Yo, yo, what's up? How's it going? Oh, you you're, you sound a little bit like you're in a, in a tunnel or something, but are you, are you oh, pu- yeah. pumping in, some I'm iron in the car right now? Oh, okay. I'm okay. In the car. I just had to hop in and talk, talk a little Carson Wentz with you guys. What's your, what's your take Terrell? Uh, if Carson Wentz somehow manages to fail in Indy, he will be out the league. He won't be a backup. He will. There's no, there's no point for him to be in the league because this is the best <laughs> possible situation he could have got put in unless Indy decides, oh my God, we got Carson Wentz. We got to throw the ball more. If they do that, they're going to lose. They're not going to win. They're not going to win. They they were top 10 in rush percentage last year, 44%. They need to keep force feet in Jonathan Taylor, keep putting the ball in Naeem Hines' hands, trust the running backs, and let Wentz make the plays when they need to be made, not just for the sake of making plays. And I have Indy going on a very nice run. They're not going to win anything because, of course, but. I think that this is the best possible situation for Carson Wentz to be in. I think that they could be a cash cow the next season, betting on them wise against other teams, and especially with that defense. And if that defense keeps improving, DeForest Buckner was an absolute dog and possibly oh, could have been. Uh, 
defensive MVP. So I think that that defense can really carry them if they continue to run the ball and don't get happy that you got a good quarterback in Carson Wentz where, hey, we can start throwing the ball more. No, that's not what you want to do. Continue running the ball because he will make mistakes and he will throw the game away. But if you continue to run the ball like how you had Phillip Rivers, then I think that you'll be all right. I, I do think there's something too about going to a softer media market. Like there, yeah. there is something that makes it a little easier on him. Appreciate the call, Terrell. And uh, yeah, I mean, I think he nailed it. the The situation is a dream situation. I feel like I could step in for the Colts and win six oh. games right now. So <laughs> the bar is set really, really low for Wentz. They have a great offensive line. He's finally got his his father figure, a yep. big brother, Frank Wright. Really, no excuses for Carson Wentz. And for the Eagles, we got we got draft picks. For and we got out of this horrible contract uh, for Wentz, and I, you know, they did well. I, I think we just load up on Hertz, give Hertz a year, see how he does, and then uh, take it from there. Kramer, yes, all this National Football League talk, kidding me, jacked up. But of course, uh, make sure you check out BetQL.com. Use the promo code SGP30. They got all the data, picks, analysis you need. And again, you want to you want to make yourself an educated better. There's a lot of good information out there as far as trends, when you know where the money's coming in at, uh, home road splits, and they have a, their algorithm goes pretty deep and pulling some of these nuggets. So again, let them do all the heavy lifting. You go in there, see what you like. Oh, they also hey, let's say you're high on uh, Quinnipiac, getting seven points in college basketball. So is the BetQL supercomputer. That's a great place to be at, and you can uh, cash, making cashing a little bit easier. Bet smarter, not harder. BetQL.com, promo code SGP30. What, what, you, what were you going to say, Sean? I was going to put one last bow on the, on the trade uh, talk. I, I do think it's interesting because uh, players don't generally come out of Philly uh, with lukewarm feelings. And I think. Uh, like you, you're saying, people are going to follow him and root for him elsewhere potentially. Oh, no, not. I mean, like ten fans. It, it feels like we should be having a jersey burning. Like that's the part I, I don't. Nah, get. he doesn't deserve that much. He didn't effort. even win a Super Bowl, Sean. He didn't even win a Super he did. Bowl. He won a Super Bowl. He, he didn't was win a part of right, 2017. Let's get, let's, get in, let's get into the. I'm not totals. gonna. I'm not gonna take that from him. You can take that from him. He sat in the fucking press box. If he was even at the game, I don't know. Sean, anyway. Sean Thug checking in, saying Eagles fan here. Loved seeing the Colts play last year. Now I got nothing but hate for them. Colts <laughs> lottery pick next year. Let's fucking go. That's right. Now you're rooting for the pick. All right, let's uh, let's rattle through some win totals, Sean. We're, we're just predicting what we think the win totals out. Obviously, draft hasn't happened, schedule hasn't happened, but uh, what we think people will post the win totals. Uh, so out. I think uh, the best way to do this is I'm just gonna we're gonna go in order of division. We're gonna start with the yeah. AFC East, and I'm just gonna rattle off what their total was the past two years. So we're going to start with the Patriots 11 in 2019, nine in 2020. Obviously a lot of question marks here. Sham Newton will not be back. Will it be Jimmy G? Will, will he come home? Will he be the prodigal son? So to me, I, I think you're crazy. If you're making this number uh, anything different than eight, I'm, Beca- I'm saying seven and a half. Now, if, if they end up getting a big name quarterback between now and then, I think it changes, but 
we've seen Belichick without Tom Brady. It's not pretty. I think seven and a half is, is where I would hang the number right now. There will be the talk of regression and how a lot of people opted out. A lot of things went against the Patriots. So it could be a sneaky play. Maybe it's more of an eight and a half, nine, but I, I like the eight Buffalo bills, six and a half, two years ago, nine last year, obviously a team on the rise. I, I think you got to make without really diving into the schedule. Cause I started doing that. I realized we don't have enough time for that. I think you have to make this one uh 10 and a half, 10 and a half. I'm going to wow. make it 10 and a half. All right. I was going to say it's probably going to be nine and a half. I'm uh, the I was reason gonna I say sh- nine and a half with juice, but I'll go 10. The reason I stretch this one is I, I do think there's going to be a lot of money coming in. So this could be more of a market. So to your point, it could be one of those ones where maybe it's 10 minus 160 or something like that. Jets. Uh, seven two years ago, which seems crazy because they pushed it six and a half last year. Uh, obviously, th- this is <laughs> six and a half, and they underperformed it by four and a half games. That's uh, insane. They really missed. I, I don't know how you make the Jets. Uh, yes, Gase is gone, but uh, isn't it just going to be like five and a half to six and a half again? Oh, I I think it's lower. I think it's. I'll say five and a half. Okay, I'm going to say. I mean, even if they, what's the plan? They're going to draft Justin Fields. I, I think it's five. Okay. And maybe even four and a half. Yeah, you're right. Drop me to five. Yeah, I mean, what, what, where's the huge bump coming from? Uh, just Gase, like, just the fact that they have to go up after having. That's true. I think five's fair. All right, Miami Dolphins, six and a half. Uh, for the past two years, strangely enough, and, and they went over both. Uh, I'm sorry, they didn't go over both times. I have a typo here. They went under and over. Uh, I mean, this is one. This is an interesting one, Sean, because we had like, do you believe in Tua? I don't think you believe in Tua. No. Um, but this roster is pretty good. They have the picks. It feels like the Dolphins are going to be a team riding a little higher on the hype train. But I, I can you make it more than seven and a half? Oh yeah, yeah. I think eight and a half is a fair number because I think the general public media will able is able to write off the Tua rookie season like. Hey, Flores is a good coach. Just give him time to get, you know, get to it into his system. He's going to have a full off season. He was coming off injury. The excuse list for Tua is long and they have a really good team outside of that. So I think they're going to be like eight and a half. I think they're definitely above the Patriots below the bills. Eight and a half makes sense. Yeah. You're, maybe you're right. Maybe I'm a little, t- I'm going to stick with seven and a half though. Ravens. Uh, obviously huge year. A couple of years back, they were eight and a half went way over uh, last year, 11 and a half. And, and, and again, uh, they, they went under that one. Uh, look, I, 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 the Ravens are the Ravens. I think this is kind of like, we're, we're, is this like Spurs territory of like pretty good regular season team? Not sure if they can get it done. I, I mean, can you make this nine and a half? With, uh, the, with the Browns ascending the Bengals potentially yeah, I, ascending. I think actually nine and a half is a smart number. Yeah. Cause I think for them to get to 10 wins is it will have to be a pretty good season, but I, I think they're right in there. All right. Next up we got Pittsburgh uh, nine and nine and a half the past two years. Uh, obviously it, it feels odd because they went 12 and four last year, but it doesn't feel like a gratifying reward. Well, they were just so cold at the end. It feels a little bit like we're nearing the end with big Ben. They've, they've shown us they don't have a plan after big Ben. Uh, I, you know, the, the total nine, nine and a half, I, I think it's going to drop a tick and it's going to be eight and a half next year. Yeah. I mean, there's still, still a chance, elite defense. There's still a chance. Big Ben retires too. I mean, um, 
So that would definitely have an impact on. If he here. retires, it's it it immediately becomes seven and a half. I, I, and a half. I'm going to say nine. Okay. I I think I mean Pittsburgh is just a team that wins a bunch of games. I wouldn't be surprised if they figure out a way to get JJ Watt, but I I think nine makes sense for them. They're just they're you know Tomlin is just one of those guys that has I don't think he's ever had a losing season. So even if they don't have Big Ben, maybe they'll figure something out. Nine seems about right. Yeah, I mean, I think that that's an interesting one because the Watt situation, I think that will probably be overblown wherever he goes. Uh, Cleveland Browns nine and a half a couple of years back. Can you believe that, Sean? They made it nine and a half, <laughs> not eight and a half last year. A nice season for the Browns, eleven and a half. I, I worry what this franchise will be able to do coming into a definite hype season. Uh, the defense, no reason to believe they they can't improve on, on what they did last year. And then the offense is, you know, it's super intriguing with the running backs. I think you got to make it. I think we're going to have another team right in that. Uh, I'm going to put them a tick ahead of the Steelers nine. Yeah, I guess I'll have them nine and a half. I think that I think they will have similar odds to win the division as the Ravens, even though oh. I don't agree with that assessment. And now I'm going to be super curious where you go here because y- you like Smokey Joe, the Bengals six, two years ago, five and a half last year. You know, they strangely, they, uh, it feels like they were a much better team last year because of how exciting they were how they started. It does seem like they're going to have some hype around them. So I, I think we're going to see this one in the six and a half range. Well, and Ryan, I just realized that uh, Jack O'Flaherty uh, chiming in on the YouTube saying, uh, pointing out, Hey guys, what do you think the 17 game season will have an impact on these wins? Oh, you're not factoring that in. No. <laughs> Were you? Yes. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, <laughs> I mean, I, I think you don't overthink that actually. I don't, I don't think that's uh but this is a good, this is a good case study because is the, will the general public when they're betting the, these numbers factor in the 17 game season? Well, I think that's why. Yes. I, I think people will, I think, I actually think people will overblow it. They will be nothing but talk about how there's a seven. Uh, I just think they're going to talk too much about it. And mm. it's going to become one of those public factors that maybe doesn't matter as much. Cause think about it, right? On the, on the course of 32 teams, everyone's playing an additional game. That's one, uh, one out of 16 more, you know, you're talking about a small, a fraction of a percent. So what are we talking about? So maybe it goes from a, a true number of 10 and a quarter to 10 and a half. I, I think we're not talking about as yeah, much. Maybe it'll be like a slight adjustment on the juice, but now the more that we talk this out. It's probably not going to be a drastic impact, but on the, the bills number. being 10 and a half is part of that. I think like that, that you're going to see the teams that might historically be nine and a half, 10 stretch to 10 and a half, maybe yeah, 11. You're right. I'm going to upgrade gonna see, my bills to 10 and a half. You're going to see well. the, the, the elite teams maybe stretched. We're going to see maybe more 11 and a half and flat twelves. Yeah. Cause normally the highest win total we'll see is 11, maybe 11 and a half. Like chiefs were the highest last year, 11 and a half. Maybe that gets up to 12 now. I think with the 17 game season. So for the Bengals, getting back to the Bengals, I think six and a half is their number. I, I think they expect Joe Burrow to be back, to be healthy, to be slightly better. Seven and ten for this Bengals team. Oh man. Getting my brain to wrap around a 17 game season is really gonna be tough. Do we know how they're gonna do it logistically? Like where the extra game is coming from? Uh no, I don't know off the top of my head of what they're doing. To figure out that seventeenth game, so where where are you at with the Bengals, Kramer? Uh, so yeah, I think the Bengals are a team that are going to come in with a little bit of hype. So I think it's going to drive the number north of where it's been. You know, six and a half. I'm I'm with you. I think 
we have to see this team kind of get get close to that that we're we're here mark. Houston Texans next up. I, I don't know how you, you handicap this one. This one's tough. Um Deshaun Watson I d- kind of feel like he's gonna be back when all is said and done. Yeah. Kind of feels like the team's telling him to fuck off. Yeah, um, I mean, if I were the Texans, I just wouldn't trade him. I mean, I, I think he has a bit of a le- I mean, he doesn't have much leverage because at the end of the day, if you want your money, you're gonna have to play. Now, maybe he could actually sit out, but how long does that last? Like maybe a couple games. Texans have a number of issues otherwise. I'm gonna say kind of thinking he plays, but not a full season, and I'll set it at six wins. Uh if he's th- it's hard to imagine this team being that bad if he's there. Um, but at the same no, time, I mean, he was there last year and they were four and 12. Yeah, you're right. Bill O'Brien was there too. I, yeah. He, but I mean, this is this a tough old one. ass coach that they have uh, now. Is that an upgrade from Bill O'Brien? I think you putting it at six is like a good six, six to seven always feels like the teams that we're not really sure about. So I'll, I'll join you. I'll say, I'll, I'll say six for this one as well. The Titans eight, mm. uh, two years ago, nine last year. What are we, what are we doing? Yeah. I mean, the Titans are kind of, um, they just feel pretty consistent, especially in the regular season. I think people are onto the Titans. The public's onto the Titans. I say, I mean, this could, you could talk me into setting a 10, but I, I think they'll open it at nine and a half. And real quick, I'm reading that the expectation is that there is going to be every team will have a neutral site game. Yeah. Um, I mean, again, not getting too off the path here, but Vegas should have just been the neutral site for the NFL and they should have just moved the chargers to Oakland or something like that, or kept the rate or sorry, kept the Raiders in Oakland, you know, kept the chargers in San Diego and just made Vegas, the neutral site field. That would have been awesome. Yeah. And I, and I think that's an interest that, that like further expands on what, what I, I, I do think that the general public might overreact to some, some of these uh, 17 games anyway. Uh, back to the Titans. Yeah, I, look, th- this is a team that's performing. I th- again, Ryan Tannehill and this this offense appears to be good enough to win some games in the regular season, especially wh- when you have lots of questions everywhere else in their division. Uh, Carson Wentz coming to the division, I-, I feel like only adds question to what the Colts will be. So I I, I, I I'm not ready to make it nine and not fuck it. Nine and a half, nine, nine, tighten up, hashtag tighten up <laughs> Colts. I, I think you also got to make nine. Cause I, I just, can you make them lower than nine with that roster? People will be wet over that roster. And I, I just don't see how you can make it eight and a half. So I'll say the Colts and the Titans end up with nine. All right. Yeah. I'm going to say, uh, I think the Colts 10, people are going to talk themselves into Wentz being an upgrade over oh, Philip rivers him getting back with his old coach. I think 10, I think they're going to be the odds on favor to win the division. So I'm sitting it at 10. And I wonder when they're going to announce how the schedule, they have to announce it. They know gambling is important. They announce it by the draft, right? Uh, Yeah. I think the schedule drops maybe a week before the draft. Yeah, So we'll find out then Jags uh, seven and a half, two years ago on the rapid decline four and a half last year. Only won a game. Urban Meyer coming to town. Sounds like Tim Tebow uh, getting out of baseball to rejoin Urban and uh, <laughs> Duval. Look, I I don't know what you think about Trevor Lawrence. I know there's the argument that we've just been fatigued and we've seen him too much, and he he's going to come in and be great. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Like when you watch him play, 
I don't know. Is this a guy that's going to come in and be great right away? He's had accuracy issues. He's had he's had issues. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't. Uh, Mike Lombardi, Urban Meyer coming to the pro level. Like, is that even going to work? Could it work? Maybe. Yeah, I, I think it's going to work to a certain degree. Just for the fact that, like, oh, teams haven't seen this; they don't know how to react, et cetera, et cetera. So, See, I think their I think their win total set at four. Here's my hot take: Urban Meyer is a fucktard who's not going to gain respect from pros. Now, maybe he, you know, I, I just think he's going to run into some problems. So, uh, I'm with you. I, I I think they probably make it four and a half again. Okay. Yeah, I'm saying four. Um, I, I think what was ba- the Bengals were five and a half with Burrow, so I, I think you're in that range where people can talk themselves into the Jags being a fun pick. Chiefs, uh, they they're just an over machine, twelve and four, and then fourteen and two, going over ten and a half and eleven and a half. I'm, you know, har- hard to hard to see a version of that again. Hangover for the second straight <laughs> year. I mean, at some point it adds up, but. Uh, they're, they're pissed off. They got embarrassed by Tom Brady and his fucking avocado tequila. It's a baby fucking wheel, man. I'm going to say uh 12 and a half for the chiefs. Yeah, that's right. I think this is one of those ceiling teams because it, you Who know, you're going to make high. I mean, they're the favorite to win uh, the super bowl. If, if, if you set it at 12, then they have, to, they only have to go 12 and five to to push and I this mean, is, this 13 is the- and four. You can, I, I imagine when the Chiefs schedule comes out, you're going to have a tough time finding four losses in there. And in a weird way, not that this is different any other year, but there's probably more variance and and thus value on the on on the the extreme team. So the Chiefs probably the ceiling here at 12 and a half. Broncos uh 7 2 years ago and they pushed it 5 and 11 last year going under their total of 8. Man, this this team uh, you got to wonder is Elway going to trade for one of these quarterbacks? Uh there's some people Seems like he doesn't like Drew Locke trying to move on from Drew Locke. Darnold certainly in available. the mix. Certainly in the mix for the Deshaun Watson sweepstakes. Watson available. If Watson comes Now Von to, Miller, he, he's probably not coming back. I you know, Broncos are a fun team every year. Vic Fangio doesn't strike me as a guy that like is going to do anything that drastically different than the year before. He's not going to bottom out. And so if this offense, I mean, it, it's, it just, this off the coordinator is still Pat Shermer, right? Like I, I think maybe they find a quarterback, but I think until they can find a quarterback, you can't, you can't do much with this total North of six and a half or seven. So yeah, I'm going six and a half. I'll, I'll go seven on the Broncos. Cause they do have that home field. Uh, they they will get some games that they shouldn't, and I think that they're they're well coached, so they won't lose too many games they shouldn't. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, even at yeah, I was on I was high on them last year, but five and eleven, that was rough. R- Vegas Raiders six and a half two years ago, seven and a half last year. Um, I they went over back to back years, which feel, feels odd. Um, they've they've made it clear they don't like cars well. And they've they've really struggled to figure out the draft. I'm gonna say seven, slight downgrade from last year, kind of in between the. It wasn't this the best possible scenario for the Raiders? Didn't they have their season this year? Yeah, and they went eight and eight. Yeah, I think they're gonna make this seven and a half, maybe eight, and I think we're gonna pound the under. Yeah, I I mean, I'll probably be on the under regardless of what happens, but I I think seven makes sense. Chargers under the past two years, nine and a half two years ago, seven and a half. They got close last year. They closed out strong. How this team went, like, on one hand, how did they only win seven games? On the other hand, how did they win seven games? Yeah, I know what you mean. And Herbert 
dark new horse coach, new dark hit. horse MVP candidate. I, I think this is going to be eight and a half. I think there'll be some Chargers hype coming into the season because it's such a talented roster. A lot of those guys, Derwin James, a lot of you know Ingram was out for a bunch of the year. I, I think they get a lot of guys back, talk Sean, themselves into the new coach. It, it was seven and a half last year with Tyrod and Anthony Lynn. Yeah, you think it's only? I'm going to say nine. Okay, I think that. I'm I'm always no, you're right. Maybe but maybe the hype drives it higher. I think they'll set it. We'll we'll talk about the reg- the positive regression for like the eighth straight years for the Chargers. I, I think it opens at eight and a half. Okay, okay, we're close on that one. Let's move over to the NFC. Uh, Dallas Cowboys. Brian, before we do, before we get to the NFC, I want to make sure we give a shout out to Better Edge. That's right, rocking my Better Edge hat. Again, you're looking to find value in the marketplace. How about no vig betting? That's right. Never pay vig. It's just that easy. Betteredge.com, promo code SGP. You get a free $10 bet and free money in the form of not having to pay a vig every time you bet. Very easy to use, very to very easy to set up for free for real money wagering. Legal in 40 states. What more do I need to say? No vig betting, legal in 40 states. Betteredge.com promo code SGP. Bunch of uh, free play contests as well. If you want to have fun, try out the system. But very easy to use. You just say like, much like a stock market. You're like, hey, here's my position. People take the opposite side. Very easy to use. Very easy to set up. Betteredge.com promo code SGP. Get that free ten dollar bet. Betteredge.com promo code SGP. Just doing some calculations while you were re- making that read to see the uh, what the average win total was for the mm. past two years. Eight point one four two years ago. Eight point two three. So I'm just, I'm tracking that because I would expect we're going to need to be like maybe a quarter point higher this year. Maybe maybe a little bit more. Dallas Cowboys moving over to the NFC. Uh, nine nine and a half. What what do we tell you about the Dallas Cowboys every year? They're Under get, getting to eight. <laughs> More than eight is tough for them. Between uh, the the past two years, the only team that's gone over their win total in the NFC East was the Washington Football Team last year. That is hilarious. It's it's really bad. Probably uh, and the Giants pushed the six. Probably the best way to measure this team, <laughs> the, this division's uh, shittiness right now. Uh, I mean, how do you make the? It's seven and a half, right? Or, or are people going to talk themselves into oh, the, Cow- the Cowboys? Oh, it's going to be nine. Nine? Yeah. Right. You, you have to fit. You have to remember. We don't like the Cowboys. The betting public does like the Cowboys. All right, I'll say oh, Dak Prescott back with those with those weapons uh, in second year. Mike McCarthy system. Dude, Dak, Dakota Rain. He's a hippie. He's not going to feel good about the way he's been treated. His energy is fucked. This team is ruined. Eight and a half. I, I guess I'll go with you. This this division's a shit show. Eagles nine and a half. Bat, past two years, they haven't reached that uh, super lofty mark. Jalen hurts now uh, clearing the way for him to be the guy question. They're not going to draft a quarterback here. Is how are we going to really shock? No, the I world? think there's a chance they draft a quarterback at six. Yeah. So um, probably, I mean, if they're drafting a quarterback at six uh, and, or if they're playing hurts, well, they're can, definitely playing hurts. Can, yeah. the, can the win total be higher than six and a half? Uh, I'll say seven. A lot of the, I mean, that so if you're saying seven, I'll say six and a half. That feels like you're really straight. <laughs> if you're saying seven, we're in trouble. Giants six the past two years, Sean. Yep. Uh, oh one and one in those two two years. <laughs> uh, 
Let's say six again. They've not they've not done anything to get better. Uh, they're still starting Daniel Jones, a quarterback. Six the, and a half. <laughs> okay. The I mean, it's pretty obvious they don't have a franchise quarterback. Um, Joe Judge rallied the team for a couple of victories. You're but gonna bring up coaches. Simple systems are not gonna get you to seven wins. Wow. Son. Wow. Well, well, I, I'll definitely systems. bet you straight up who wins more games next year. Let's do it. All right. Wow, that's you're gonna give me even money. Yeah. Oh wow, Washington football team. Uh, what seven and nine? They did go over the five and a half. Uh, they they inked Heineke to a two year eight million dollar <laughs> deal. Don't think that affects the win total. Uh, their quarterback situation, I think, is probably unsettled as well. Yeah, I mean, they, Alex Smith hasn't made it clear whether he's coming back. I mean, they have some players on the, you know, they have a decent front seven. I, I think seven and a half. You know, Ron Rivera's shown he's a decent coach. Seven and a half makes sense, I think. Yeah, I, I think the quarterback situation is scary, but the fact that they ha- they unequivocally have the best single unit in the division, and it got them to the crown at seven and nine this year. And mind you, Sean, they lost to the Giants twice this year. Yeah. Uh, so I, I'm I'm gonna say eight. Yeah, no, I mean eight and nine. I feel like sounds we're about right. Real bullish, and we only got one team over the uh, five hundred mark there. Uh, Green Bay Packers, thirteen and three both year, both both uh, times last two years. Nine was the win total both times. Um, man, I mean, we're gonna probably be hearing the same stories about how the re- they're they're gonna regress, right? They gotta regress. Right? I, I'm going ten and a half. I think the public's high on the the Packers. I think Aaron Rodgers, you know, coming off his MVP season, I, I think will garner some 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 talk, some hype. So Is yeah, I think ten and a half in, in Green Bay next year. Yes, definitely. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think this is one that you have. So this has been nine, and it's what's pushing it down is people who are too smart for their own fucking good. Uh, I think the public is going to see that. Hey, what? What? Why wouldn't I bet against this coach quarterback combo? They just go thirteen and three. I think this one we could see this one go as high as eleven. Yeah, because uh, the defense can only get better. Um, I think they're kind of on the on the ascent. So I'll say eleven for them. Vikings uh, also been nine uh, for the win total the past two years. They've gone over and then under. Last year felt. I mean, it that was a weird year. They went seven and nine. Uh, kind of, you know, it's weird. The Bears finished in second place in that division. Feels like Zimmer, you know, didn't have anything on defense last year. So that's got to take a step forward. I, I think they're gonna. Probably put the Vikings right, right around seven and a half, eight, assuming uh, nothing changes with the Cousins situation. I'm gonna but, say eight and a half. But the offense is, you know, I, I like that. I'll go eight and a half too. I think a lot the of people have Jefferson there. in their fantasy, Dalvin Cook. <laughs> that drives the numbers up on these. Teams. Well, I just think the offense should be good again, and the defense has to take a step forward. I think Bears uh, eight and eight past two years. Uh, they pushed last year. They went under nine and a half uh, two years ago. Uh, you know, I think are they distraught now, trying to get rid of their quarterbacks? They weren't able to get rid of their quarterbacks. Maybe it was all a ruse. Uh, I don't think Carson Wentz would have been an upgrade. I just don't know what this team is going to do. They have a defense. They don't really have a quarterback. I don't see the quarterback situation getting better. So uh, you know, it's eight again. Yeah, eight sounds right. I mean, how do you move it much for this Bears team? They'll figure out someone. At quarterback, and you know they'll be right around the 500 mark. Nothing crazy. And the Lions, uh, Patricia, <laughs> king of the six and a half, going uh, under both times. Uh, 
You Look, had them in the NFC Championship, right? I don't remember that. D- Jared Goff it has joined the the Lions. Yeah, there is a potential for a little fu mode, but as we've highlighted, I think Jared Goff sucks Island heading to the Great Lakes and the, the tundra. But he could get some easy wins. I feel like he could get a couple garbage wins at home in the dome. So it's six and a half again, right? Yeah, I I think they kind of run this number back, and yeah, no, six and a half sounds right. I mean. This team is kind of interesting. Galladay could be. I mean, there's gonna, they're going to have some churn this year. Yeah, and they're going to end up getting some picks. And they have uh, a I don't new think coach. they get any of this draft. But I think just <laughs> the fact that they don't have Matt Patricia is at least a well, two-game bump. And they seem to have replaced Matt Patricia with the polar opposite, which is just a psychopath. Unclear <laughs> if he's a smart football guy, but I mean, I remember Dan Campbell, the player. I'm not excited. New Orleans Saints, Sean, dominant, going over ten and a half the past two years. Crazy roster is stacked. Could we get some Jameis Winston pressure to push the win total down? Uh, I mean, wh- why would this not be eleven? Um, why would it not be eleven? Ten and a half again? Oh, dude, you're insane! It's gonna be uh, it's gonna be nine. Once Drew Brees retires, are you kidding me? But Drew Brees was trash. Yeah, Ryan, we know that. This is what. They set the line for I, the betting. I'm going to say, all right, then I'll say 10 and a half again. I don't, I think you're way low on that. The roster's too good. Atlanta Falcons. <laughs> I, I just think I, you're letting your Jameis love blind you Ryan. <laughs> and I, I appreciate your Atlanta Falcons support uh, for him. The Falcons are an interesting one, Sean, eight and a half, two years ago, seven and a half last year, going under both times, four and 12 last year, absolute shit show. I mean, I, I don't know what the future holds for this team. On so on one hand, it felt like they were a pretty unlucky team that should have won a lot more games, just didn't know how to win, a, didn't know how to f- get to the finish line. Uh, does that change next year? Does the situation change enough uh, for this to be a seven and a half again? Uh, I think it's six and a half. Matt Ryan's a tough one. Yeah, he's he's kind of falling off the edge. Julio, he's awesome, but he's clearly kind of towards the. Beginning of the end of his career, Ridley. People are high on Ridley, um, but yeah, six and a half feels about right. Uh, and that that isn't that the kind that you're gonna you're gonna get interested in. I, and then the other part is Arthur Smith. Like, what are we doing with him? What do we think about him? Are we are we stoked on the Arthur Smith hire? I don't I don't know. Um, could be just under the radar enough to be a good hire, but I'll 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 say a tick higher than you seven. Uh, Bucks six and a half two years ago, nine and a half last year. Tom Brady uh, coming to the party. You could argue that they both underperformed and overperformed this year. On one hand, it feels like they there were more more wins in their schedule. It feels like. On the other hand, how do they not make this? I'm with, how do they not make this ten and a half? I think ten and a half makes sense here because I think the Bucks and Saints will be neck and neck for the. Yeah, people will be high on the Bucks, and they'll probably get a couple of big free agents still. They they liked what they saw in the Super Bowl, so yeah, I think ten and a half. If this may even creep up, you know, I'm going to do it. I'm going to give them eleven. I like that. Uh, and shout out to Jong over in the YouTube chat. Kramer's support of uh, for Winston's uh, rivals that of his support for small businesses from two years ago. Uh, not from two years ago. The taco take truck. a tip in the t- that that has continued. I am a, a, a unlike Sean. I am a generous tipper. Carolina Panthers. I'm a generous tipper, but I'm not <laughs> insane. Carolina Panthers seven and a half. Uh, two years ago, five and a half. Last year, they were five and eleven both years. Um. They need a quarterback to get it sorted. Uh, as much as we like Teddy Bridgewater and how Teddy Bridgewater is a good against the spread quarterback, 
five and 11. I mean, the, the record speaks for itself. I do think this team is on the rise. They have a good coach. It feels like this is a team that's going to really, really reap the benefits of having an off season this year. You were high on them last year, Sean. I'm going to be a little high on them this year. I think DJ Moore could take a huge step forward to being like a elite, you know, top guy. When we talk fantasy, I think he can make it into my top 10. Uh, so I'm going to say the Panthers are at seven and a half. Really? Maybe, I, I I'll say seven, put it at seven. I'm saying six and a half until, I mean, if they set the win total today, we'll see what they do about the quarterback they played a whole forward. season. I know McCaffrey's probably not worth more than a win, but they played a whole season with a guy who's pretty, pretty fucking valuable. Uh, or without a guy, San Francisco 49ers. This one's really hard. Thirteen wins a couple of years ago. Now six and nine. You know the team is all running to defend Jimmy G. There, that's our quarterback. We can win with Jimmy G. We just haven't seen it yet. So, uh, you know, coming off a six and nine season, hangover. Obviously, the pendulum it's going to swing back a little bit. This should be a d- good defense. They had more injuries, I think, than anyone in the NFL last year. So, you know, I, I think it would be. Uh, be a little cute to go uh, too high on this one, but there's a, there's a pretty easy path for them to sneak back into a playoff situation, but I'll say seven and a half or do we, do I go eight? Wow. You're crazy. I'm going nine and a half. Go people, eight. Then. Pe- Give me eight. All right. People are high on this 49ers team. They like Shanahan and yeah, I think they'll just talk themselves into the idea of, I, I think you're factoring in what you would do or what you think, but I, 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 I think the 49ers nine and a half. They'll get they'll get a decent amount of public love, I think. It feels like it's just a auto play on the under. Maybe you're right. You know what? Make me eight and a half. You're talking me up. It's yeah. more just about what the public thinks. And I think, oh, their quarterback was out. They had their quarterback back. It's just that simple. Mike Shanahan, solid coach. And the 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 49ers were kind of frisky second half of the season. Seattle. Uh a little bit of turmoil. Eight and a half two years ago, nine and a half last year. They just go over. Uh I think you have to make this ten. Yeah, it's at least ten. But I, how do you how do you not make it ten? Yeah, I, I, I guess the argument would be well. I mean, uh, the division's really good. I think I think the public may be a little cool on the Seahawks after we saw them the way they went out in the playoffs, the way they started so hot, you know, with uh, letting Russ cook and everything, and then how many? Games, but they won twelve games. No, I know. I'm just saying. I'm basing it off the public's reaction, Ryan, and and I think they're gonna. The public in general will be a little down on the Seahawks going into the season. I still like it at ten, though. Wow, I almost want to make this ten and a half. Um, Rams ten and a half two years ago, uh, ten uh, nine last year. Uh, Matt Stafford comes to town. At a minimum, it's a like slightly upward move over Jared Goff, if not a much bigger than upward move. Um. See, here's my. Pr- are they going to be the favorite to win the division? Then probably, yeah. So I think so. Yeah. Let's make them ten and a half. Yeah, ten and a half is the number. Yeah, I mean, again, people are going to say Matt Stafford. He had all those great fourth quarter numbers. I mean, people were talking about him going to the NFC Championship last year. He just got a little hurt. Once he comes to McVay's system and the Rams, they're going to be awesome. Jared Goff was holding them back. Meanwhile, Jared Goff got them. You know, pretty f- to the divisional round in the playoffs. People forget that, and I know it sounds like I'm making a case for Jared Goff. I'm just setting. It does the, sound like you're making a case it, for Jared Goff. No, for me, it's just I, I don't think people realize what Stafford has to do to be considered a success in Los Angeles. You know, he's not just padding his fourth quarter stats in a dome like he was doing in Detroit. He's going to have to get to the NFC Championship, or it's going to be a huge disappointment. But all that being said, I think they set the line at ten and a half. 
And uh, yeah, man, this is uh, the, the NFC West has the AFC North next year. So that's going to be an interesting kind of cross conference battle. Arizona Cardinals last up uh, five, two years ago where they pushed last year, they were uh, seven. They went over at eight and eight hard to see this team taking a step forward. I feel like they, they caught people. Um, so I, I'm going to say this one sits at seven and a half mm. or, you know what? Make it eight. I'll I'm, I'm high on this division, but let's make it eight. I think eight and a half people talk themselves into Kyler again. All right, you want to hear something crazy? Fantasy Sean? drives the win totals. We we ended up with the exact same average for the win total uh, oh exercise, eight point two six five. So we're probably a little low. We'll do this exercise again, maybe uh, in a little bit, because I, I I would have to. Ima- I'm really curious now to see what some of these come out at because yes, anyway, Brian, we have a guest we before do. we uh, get to him. And, and real quick, uh, Moonoff chimed in earlier on the locker room chat, which you can chat over there as well. Texans win total going to be set to negative two. So, <laughs> oh my god! Want to give a shout to Better Than Vegas? Oh man. You want free video picks? You want SGPN's free video picks dropping every day? You got to sign up over at Better Than Vegas. It's like YouTube, but for sports gambling. SportsGamblingPodcast.com/slash/BTV will take you right to our profile page. Make sure you subscribe there so you never miss a pick. Myself, Kramer, all the uh, SGPN guys and gals giving out free video picks. Again, fun to use. You can upload your own. Uh, make sure you check out XFL Jim. Oh, he's got a uh, very fun profile. Better than Vegas. Kramer's laughing because XFL Jim. He's he's either doing some garage certified videos, some sort of Hawaiian shirt with his. He's a <laughs> stomach out. It's I mean, a- there's no question about what his vibe's all about. Yes, zero. Long. Cox. <laughs> <Zero>. True Alpha. <laughs> XFL Jim. But better than Vegas. A lot of fun characters. A lot of great picks, analysis, and it's all completely free. Sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash BTV. Sign up there and uh find our page. Joining us on the line. He is the 2018 USA Olympic gold medalist for the sport of curling, Tyler George. Tyler, thanks for calling in, man. Appreciate it. Great. Thanks for having me on, guys. Yeah, you know, uh, this is interesting how it came about. Uh, one of our contributors, Adam Pelletier, he's a huge curling uh, fan. Like he's he's I, as a grown up, right? Everyone gets into intramural sport. Maybe you're playing some <laughs> rec league. I, I don't know if I know anyone that's more into their recreational <laughs> hobby sport than Adam is to curling. He's a huge advocate for the sport of curling, and he hit me up. He goes, Hey, can I do a uh, betting preview on the <laughs> Scotty's tournament of hearts? And I go, what is that? And he goes, it's curling. And I go, well, can you bet on it? He goes, yeah, they have odds. I'm like, all right, let's do it. So he wrote up a, uh, wrote up a whole report on it, but I appreciate you calling in Tyler. And uh, yeah, I mean, first off, I, I think just for some of the some of the public now, I'm a diehard curling fan. Kramer, diehard curling fan, yeah, but we're for from some, the Northeast. We understand. For some who aren't as familiar with the sport, and maybe just watched a couple of minutes in the Olympics, essentially you're sliding a stone across the ice using the broom. Just w- give us a quick overview of curling. Yeah, it basically you're just throwing uh, 42 pound stones at a 12 foot circle or bullseye. We call them houses, uh, a little over 100 feet away. Uh, we call it chess on ice, uh, but nice. uh, yeah, it's uh, you, you can't really get a feel for the actual dimensions watching on television. Uh, whenever we have people 
come in and try it for the first time, uh, they're always shocked at how far it is from one end to the other. That, that really doesn't come across on TV. But, uh, yeah, you're basically uh, just trying to get your stones closer to the center, the bullseyes, the houses, than your opponent. And uh, you can sweep the stones to make them go farther, to make them go straighter. And, uh, yeah, very cerebral game, uh, extremely athletic as well. And the, the great thing about our success in 2018 is that we get to – to share that with more and more people now and now we got guys like like you guys that are bigger fans uh, for having seen it then and we get a platform by which to promote it and to show people that uh, yeah it's a lot tougher than it looks like on television well yeah and and a lot of questions here first off <laughs> who who were the uh, I, I imagine Canada very good historically at curling but who are the other nations that you guys took down in the 2018 Olympics and who are who are like, do we have an arch rival as Americans? Who should we be rooting against in these uh, curling matches? Uh, in the curling world overall, it's the competition's gotten so much stiffer over the last 10, 15 years. Uh, there used to be games at the Olympics and the world championships where it was just kind of a gimme win. So about half the field was kind of separated from the rest. And, and usually Canada's at the top. Uh, but uh Sweden is the number one ranked team in the world now, uh, not as a country, but just they have the top ranked team. That's the guys we played against for gold, Nicholas Adin's team. But uh, Canada is definitely our biggest rivals uh, because there's just so many good competitive teams up there. Yeah. If you look at the the top 20 rankings in the uh, World Curling Tour, I would bet probably 14, 15 of them are from Canada. So it, it's uh, it's getting better that way with the rest of the world. It's getting more competitive, but uh, far and away the majority of the competitive teams in the world are still from Canada. So, so anytime we can take one off a big brother up there, cause they're definitely a big brother <laughs> for us in the sport of curling, then it's a big deal. So the, the two wins we got against those guys at the Olympics, uh, would have been a victory in itself and nothing else happened to now. I, I know a lot of the, the sports from up North, especially have a, a bit of like the, the respect and honor that's weaved into the sport. We see it in hockey. Things kind of regulate themselves on the ice <laughs> in curling. Like I would imagine you see a lot of the same guys over and over again. Um, and, and so I, I, my question is more like, is there that same kind of heated beef that gets started? And does that result more in trash talking? Like, is it like a little shoulder check as you're, as you're switching sides? Like, how does that work out. See, we don't get to have contact in our games, so we got to settle things uh, like with fantasy football. And shit like that. <laughs> so, we we do play fantasy with the guys that we played against in the Olympics. Oh, that's great. Day. So, but they're Canadians, so obviously we you know we take them down a peg. <laughs> I love it. CFL at the same, but uh yeah, no, it's a, I wouldn't say it's as heated as uh, as hockey and other things. There's a lot of camaraderie in the sport. Uh a lot of really good friends. Uh, the guys from Norway that we uh, played against, uh, I went to a bachelor party in Oslo for one of their guys. Uh, the, uh, the Swedes, two of the guys were at my teammates wedding. We played those guys for gold. So oh, man. Uh, bachelor, bachelor you want to you our... beat your buddies more than anybody else. No question. You want to <laughs> have those bragging rights. Yeah. Bachelor party in Oslo. That sounds like it could be its own podcast. And honestly, the way oh, you're, yeah. the way you're talking still about pieces of me left over oh, there. <laughs> the, the way you're talking about it, it reminds me of my rugby days where like there, there's a certain camaraderie where after the game you're, you're, you're mixing up, you're having a beer. Now, now yeah, that's definitely true. Uh, it, that's kind of one of the, uh, the hallmarks of the sport, actually, especially in, in league games and the other tour events is the, the teams will get together after a game and the winning team will buy the, the losers, the first round of drinks. Uh, you don't see that quite as much in the major competitions, but, uh, 
uh, if you're just playing in a random tournament somewhere, even just a regular league game, it's uh, that that's just courtesy. So it's not just that it's good sportsmanship, but it's kind of one of the unwritten rules of the game too. I, I don't think Kyrie's buying too many beers for the other team. <laughs> what now? What makes a yeah, you you've kind of highlighted the intellectual aspect, the cerebral game, and I imagine it's a lot of like stone strategy of where you're placing your stone. Uh, what what kind of makes a good curler? Like, is there I, obviously there's certain athletic aspect to it, but I'm wondering, like, if you're hanging out in a bar and you see some other guy, like, oh man, the I can tell that guy would be an awesome stone thrower. Like, is there is there like what makes up a great curler? I, you know, there's different things athletically that, that contribute to it. Uh, a guy with a uh, strong, uh, upper body, uh, would be a good sweeper, uh, but you have to have really good cardio for that too. Again, that's one of the things that when guys come out and try it for the first time, uh, sweeping end to end one time will wear you out. If you're not used to doing it, you're using muscles that you're not used to using. And, uh, the, uh, uh, the balance that you have to have when you throw a stone too. now granted 42 pound stones slide better on ice than they would on pavement or something like that. But it still takes a lot of uh, lower body strength to drive out of the hack and throw the rock all the way to the other end, especially if you're trying to throw it hard and take out your opponent's stones or something like that. So uh, as much as uh, uh, it can be a power game with uh, how much you're, you're driving out of the hack or the strength and the effect that you have on the stone with your sweeping, with how strong you are, uh, cardio and balance are also involved too. So it's really a full body workout. And, uh, you pick, if, if you're trying to pick a curler out of a crowd in a bar, uh, <laughs> that's, uh, it, it's probably the guy drinking the most, first. <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah, the, the upper body strength for sweeping is one thing that you could pick out visually. But other than that, there isn't really a body type that you'd, you'd pick out for a curler. It's just one of those things that, uh, if you have that type of touch, uh, it, it's, uh, uh, like you couldn't really pick a golfer out of a crowd and yeah. I, I'm not saying it's the, the exact same sport, but that's the sport that we compare to the most. I'd say just because it's one of those things that you could go out, try once, uh, and throw a perfect shot on your first try and never do it again. Just the same as you could walk up to a tee, hit a perfect drive and then never hit another good shot. Well, and, and it's something that everybody can do, but, uh, to perfect it and to be the best in the world that it takes again, a lifetime of training. Now you mentioned golfers. Is there a, is there a John Daly of the curling world? <laughs> kind of a kind of. I'm, a, not, I'm not sure who's not a John Daly in the curling world. <laughs> Everyone's I, a John Daly. It does seem. A, well, I don't know. I I, I would say uh, just with the uh, the physique and the uh, the general attitude. Uh, uh, Matt Hamilton from my team would probably be right up there. That's a great <laughs> description of curling. He's a, I wouldn't say that he parties as hard as Daly, but I wouldn't say anybody really does. Yeah. But just with the way they, they handle themselves, it, it's, it's a real laid back sport too. I mean, we, obviously we take it very seriously, but, uh, the, again, one of the hallmarks of the sport is, is the camaraderie and the, the time that we get to spend with players from, uh, other States, other countries. And, uh, a lot of our best friends in the world are, are through the sport. So it, it's, I would think that the, the post game activities are very similar to golf, but, uh, yeah, picking a daily out, man, he's one of a kind. That's pretty tough. I have to think about that one. It's like uh, curling. It's like golf. If everyone was John Daly, that's a good. <laughs> yeah, and, and I don't want to make it sound like it, it doesn't take uh, you know athletic ability to do it. Again, that's changed more over the last 15, 20 years. That it it used to be a less athletic. 
athletic game, but it's gotten a lot younger and a lot more fit. And you're just not going to be able to succeed at the top levels without being in great physical condition anymore. But uh, that was kind of the way that the sport was looked at through the 80s and 90s, you know, an older guy's game, a partying game, a drinking game. And uh, the same as probably your rugby crowd. You know, we, oh. we get into that type of stuff off the ice, but uh, the the amount of time that you have to put into it and the training you put in, it's, it's just a totally different sport than it used to be. Yeah. That's interesting. Even, even curling's going like, uh, well, Sean, I think what we've determined, we need to get, there needs yes. to be a proper SGPN curling out. We, need, we need to sponsor a curling team because what I'm worried about is like Adam, we, you know, we heard a little concussion situation. That yep. means one of us surely is going to fall <laughs> and bust our ass. Yeah. I mean, our contributor, Adam uh, Pelletier got a concussion curling <laughs> and he's, he's been out for uh, a little while there. And obviously concussions are serious, but are, are injuries common in curling to to me, it seemed like an outlier, but I'm interested in your take. Like, are are there guys on the day to day list? I mean, I guess you can pull like maybe a hammy when you're sweeping up and down, but how common are injuries? Uh, the impact injuries like Adam got are pretty rare. They do happen. <laughs> uh, one of the top players in the world, former Olympic gold medalist Brad Gushu, fell on a rock on the ice. Oh, Jesus! Face during a Grand Slam event. So, I mean, it does happen, but most of the injuries in curling are more wear and tear type of stuff. Things that gradually beat on you over the years, back injuries, knee injuries, things like that. My uh, sweeping shoulder. Sweeping. <laughs> yeah. That is funny going to the doctor, like, oh man, I got curling elbow. Uh, yeah, well, that, that you could definitely see that. Yeah, my, uh, again, one of my former teammates, John Landsteiner, had some pretty good elbow issues that he'd have to take care of just from, again, the wear and tear of sweeping. It's a lot of stress on those joints, and the same as the slide is on your knee. It's just something that takes its toll over years and years of playing. Yeah, no, I could I could see the repetitive motion and and kind of keep knocking that out. All right, now now getting to betting on curling and this Scotty's Tournament of Hearts. Walk us through uh, kind of the the angle on picking a winner in a curling match and and just kind of overall strategy. You know, like with MMA, a lot of times maybe you lean to the dog because two people go into the ring and anything can happen. Does that also apply to curling or is it is the sport that you you lean the favorites? What I, I guess overall curling betting strategy. I uh, to a certain degree, anything can happen on any given day. Uh, the best teams are going to win the vast majority of the time, just like in any other sport. There are matchup issues too. Uh, one of them was ours with Sweden, uh, the the team we beat for gold. Uh, they were number one in the world. We were, I believe somewhere on 15th at the time we played in the Olympics, but uh, we were five and one against those guys because our strategies just it meshed wrong for them. We're a very aggressive team. We put pressure on them and, and it tended to come out the right way for us. And there are certain teams that, uh, that have those type of matchup advantages, but, but really you're, you're riding the, the favorites in events like this for the most part. So if you can find good odds on uh, somebody in the top two or three then that's a pretty good bet to make. Usually with the Canadian championships, uh, it's a lot more difficult to pick a winner for a nationals than it is for other countries. Uh, we were the, the, if, if you had betting odds on the U S nationals, we would have been a pretty significant favorite all four years. You wouldn't have got very good odds on us. Uh, but if you're trying to bet the Canadian championships, there's, there's always going to be probably four or five teams that have a legitimate chance at winning just because of the depth of their competition. So, so for our purposes, talking about the Scotties and the Briar, uh, then you're looking at getting best odds with other countries. Uh, you're really looking at uh, who's the favorite. How much do we have to pay? Is there anybody that could possibly beat them? 
if you're talking about the Olympics, then it's a, it's a different animal because, uh, and kind of the same thing with the worlds too, but it, it just comes down to a couple games with other countries. So you're going to figure that Canada is going to be in the mix, no matter what Sweden's probably going to be in there too. And then there's a mix of about five or six countries after that, which is growing now because of the, the competition getting better where you're going to see uh, Scotland, uh, the United States, Switzerland, uh, Norway, uh, Korea's getting to be a better team now. Uh, countries like that that are improving and now are uh, medal contenders for world events. And as we saw at the Olympics, anything could happen with uh, with us beating Canada in the semis and then Switzerland beating them for bronze and Canada not even getting on the podium after they'd won gold the last three Olympics. So uh, those those types of things uh, are becoming more and more prevalent. But when you look at the, the Canadian championships, it's a lot more fun to bet because uh, there's going to be a bunch of contenders and the teams are, are so well-rounded. Some so live dogs. Or yeah. I like that. A good betting odds. Yeah. Is there, is there any team jumping out at you? I mean, I'm, you know, Saskatchewan, I'm looking at Prince Edward Island team Brits uh, team Flory. Any, uh, any of these jumping out at you as as feeling like they they're a live dog in this Scotty's tournament of hearts. I'm going to, I'm going to try to be as objective as possible because we got a lot of friends on these teams and I don't want to make anybody angry, obviously. But uh, uh, the first thing that jumps out looking at the odds is Jennifer Jones uh, from Manitoba at plus 550. She's a multiple time uh, national champion. Again, we're going off the odds that were taken off the board uh, by the, yes. the company. We're Adam, mentioning after, Adam right? Pelletier scared him off the board. That's great. Yeah. Realized a lot yeah, of sharp so- action was coming in. Yeah, the uh, I think people that that know anything about curling immediately looked at Jennifer Jones's odds and thought uh, that's that's a great number. I mean, you're getting five and a half to one on a a team that uh, is one guy. I don't I can't even count how many Canadian nationals she's won. She's a world champion. She's an Olympic gold medalist. Uh, I mean, basically the resume is as long as it could be. And uh, one thing you have to take into account with this year's Scotties is that not everybody's getting the same amount of training time because of COVID. Yeah. So uh, a lot of the provinces players weren't allowed to practice hardly at all. And uh, teams from Ontario uh, would have a major advantage. Uh, the, the Manitobans weren't able to practice, but some of the uh, Jennifer Jones's team have actually uh, they live in Ontario and some of the players stayed there to practice too. So they've been practicing as much as anybody else. Um, it, it's kind of hit or miss. You just kind of got to do your research on which provinces are able to practice more. Uh, Saskatchewan was kind of up and down. I think they changed their, uh, their is there, their is there a team from Florida times. that was practicing <laughs> the entire time? That no, is there a team no, that I doesn't believe so. in COVID that, uh, <laughs> well, is, is well-trained? Oh man. Yeah. Uh, Jesus. Now, the, 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 the favorites in the field. I mean, uh, Holman's team, uh, I think was listed as high as uh, five to one, but uh, Rachel's eight months pregnant. So oh, wow. that, that makes a huge difference on that's, that's why the odds started out higher and people, I think pushed them down to just under two to one to win. Uh, Rachel's a world champion. They've been the number one ranked team in Canada, uh, a, a bunch of years, them and, uh, and Jones were kind of going toe to toe for uh, five, six years of who was number one, who was number two. Uh, but then you look at a team like Tracy Fleury's team at uh, four to one. Uh, my good friend Chelsea Carey is skipping that team this year because Tracy uh, is uh, taking family time as well, I believe. So uh, Chelsea has as good a record at the Scotties as as anybody out there. Uh, she meshes with teams really quickly. So even though 
uh, it's basically a new squad for her to learn. Uh, there's nobody better in the world at doing that. And uh, if you're looking at somebody who's had success at the Canadian Championships, even though uh, the world's results haven't been as good, uh, she's got two Scotty's Championships to her name in, the, in only a couple of tries. So uh, if she meshes with with Tracy's girls right out of the gates, then look out that could that, that could certainly be a team that could win at those four to one odds too. Yeah. Uh, Einerson's the defending champion, but the odds just aren't that great on it. I mean, you're getting two to one on a team that has won one time. Uh, there'll be a lot of continuity, a lot of time together. Uh, uh, not much change over from last year, which will matter in such a strange season too, but, uh, you're just not getting a lot of payback on that. She very well could win, but, but the odds don't really play to it very well. Uh, and uh, Laura Walker's team at fourteen to one is uh, ooh. Now you're that's, talking. That's a, that's a decent play just because they can beat anybody in the field. They've had a lot of success nationally. Uh, haven't cracked through uh, for a Scotty's championship with that team as of yet, but they'll be in the running for sure. Uh, with the rest of them, it's so hard to pick because uh, the the middle of the field is it's a lot of young teams. Uh, Zacharias, I've heard a lot of good things out of uh, as one of the wild card teams. Uh, they've been dominating in juniors. Uh, so it could be worth a long shot on them. Uh, but again, it's, it's so tough to figure out what these teams are going to be doing. There aren't really hot hands going in. Usually yeah. you can look at the yeah, results usually, on tour yeah, and see where they've been doing. There's just no events going on right now. So you're, you're going off of past results almost completely. So it sounds like we're going to apply a golf betting <laughs> strategy here, Sean, yeah. we're gonna maybe take a couple of the, the chalkier picks and then th- and sprinkle in a little long shot action. I don't know. That, oh yeah. That, you had me at the, you had me at the 14 to one. Uh, I got to ask a question though, <laughs> get, getting away from gambling for a second, because you are a gold minute gold medal winner. Uh, what, where is the coolest place that you wore your gold medal? Oh man. Uh, that's tough. We, we took those things everywhere because basically <laughs> if we show up without them, they don't care. <laughs> Go home and get it. Yeah. Uh, but the, the coolest place we wore it, man. Uh, I, I think, uh, having Jack Nicholas hold it oh. in the, the, uh, the clubhouse, he had a, a private party at the, uh, the Memorial tournament. And we were special guests of the events and getting to spend a little time with Jack. And, uh, he, uh, took my medal in his hand and said, he wished he would have had a chance to win one of those in his day. And then he, uh, he reaches into his pocket and he says, let me show you my gold medal. And he pulls out a wad of hundreds, about as thick as your fist <laughs> with a gold money clip around it. He says, I won this thing. in I think he said 1964 and the, the drive was something like 340 yards. And with that equipment, you know, that's a drive. Oh that man, point. Jack wasn't really known as that big hitter, but apparently he could do it when he wanted to. So he said, he's kept that thing for you know, 50, 60 years. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it doesn't hurt to have the wad of cash in it too, but, <laughs> but just getting to spend time with him and take some pictures. I mean, a guy like that, it's, we've gotten to do a lot of amazing things, but to, but to have Jack hold the thing in his hand and, and look at you as a peer, you know, because he appreciates what you accomplished too, regardless of the sports. That's uh, that was a pretty special moment. That is pretty cool. Is you hear stories about the Olympic Village being like, you know, back in the day in college, you know, a <laughs> lot of lot of activity, uh, people partying it up. You know, maybe after your event's done, of course, completely reasonable. But uh, is is the Olympic Village kind of as fun as the as we've heard, or or what's it like down there? Yeah, it kind of depends on how much time you have to enjoy it. Uh, with us, we, uh, we played for, I think 14 days overall. We played 
11 total games. And a lot of the time in between is resting, practicing, just trying to get your mind right before you play again. And our final game was the day before the closing ceremony. So uh, we didn't get a whole lot of time to see other sports or appreciate the village as much as, uh, you know, somebody who play, who competes in an event that they're done in a day. Uh, but uh, I can definitely attest to the fact that it exists and it is a thing. Uh, we certainly had a lot of fun once we got done with all our media stuff the day that we won gold uh, because we had a pretty good friendship with the women's hockey team out there and they'd been celebrating for two days already before we oh, won. Oh man, that's that's and that's two fun worlds colliding: women's hockey, yeah. men's no, curling. That was, both we, celebrating. We actually saw them uh, the. The day that they won gold, we played Canada in the semis. So we both beat Canada that day and we made oh, a pack yeah. to do it. And, uh, they, we saw them out on the, at the pub, uh, and they drunkenly told us that they would show up to our gold medal game, even though they knew nothing about the sport, <laughs> which they did and drank beer and cheered the whole time. And then we got <laughs> to meet up with them afterwards. And when gold medalists meet up with gold medalists, then you know, that's, get you, some you gold can, medal you can write the story there. I mean, that. <laughs> That was a hell of a night. We showed up halfway into the affair already, and then things took a turn. Oh, awesome. awesome! Yeah, it was. Those guys are awesome. We love those guys. They were so supportive of us, and uh, got to make a lot of good friends from that. And again, one of the coolest things about the Olympics is those sports get to cross over, and uh, you know, you you get to share an experience like that. But, but yeah, the villages is everything you think it is. Uh, maybe uh, I wish we would have had a little more time to meet up with other athletes and, uh, and have fun in that respect. But uh, I mean, good problem to have when, when you do win gold, then your time is very valuable. And we had to do a ton of media stuff for the next two days after that, but we did manage to sneak in a little bit of celebration. Yeah. Too. <laughs> now, that's what I love to hear. All right, Tyler, appreciate you calling in before we let you go. Uh, what can we expect from you out on the uh, out on the ice coming up? What what tournaments do you have scheduled, and uh, what's the outlook for our uh, our boys going into twenty twenty two? Well, I actually retired after the games in twenty eighteen, so I've been uh, working as an ambassador for USA Curling since then, uh, traveling the country promoting the sport, but still support the guys. The old team is still playing uh, without me, and. Uh, they're trying to figure out what they're going to do for their uh, for their nationals in the next couple of weeks here because of obviously the COVID situation. So um, with the Olympics just around the corner, uh, they'll be the favorites again. There's a, a couple of teams that can give them a run for their money. It certainly won't be a gimme that they get there. But uh, John Schuster is as good as anybody about no matter the uh, circumstances, making sure his team is is prepared to win a national championship or the Olympic trials as he's been to the Olympics four times. So I wouldn't doubt that he'll be the favorite to get back, but yeah, it's, uh, it's going to be really interesting to see how they figure out uh, who the, uh, the Olympic rep is going to be and uh, who they put into the trials as uh, normal formats that we would have to choose our teams to compete, to go to the Olympics just is not an option. And, and for the Olympics themselves, the world championships are qualifiers uh, to get your country in. So how they're going to figure that out now, as long as they still have the men's worlds, then they'll have at least one qualifier, but usually it's two worlds to qualify. Uh, so it's, uh, this, this men's worlds could be as meaningful as any that there's ever been with regard to what's at stake for, for Olympic qualification too. Well, awesome. I know uh, we'll be rooting on team USA and uh, appreciate you calling in Tyler. Make sure you give him a follow on Twitter at T George 1323. And, uh, Best of luck with uh, promoting curling and uh, USA curling. Let's go, baby.
All right. Thanks for having me, guys. If we want to talk Briar in a couple of weeks, too, you let me know. All right. Let's <laughs> Cheers, do it. brother. All right. Thanks, guys. It was fun, Ryan. Talking curling. We did it all so much. We we got FCS college football coming up. When Thursday started, I didn't think I'd end up with three curling bets. So I'm, you know, hey, well, into trying Hashtag new things. Only. It is Love 2021 it. after it. all. Thank you guys for tuning in. Drop us a five star rating and review. Spread the word. DJ Nation growing strong for the Sports Gambling Podcast. Thank you for participating in the Sports Gambling Podcast. I'm Sean stacking the money green and he is Ryan. Just for the record, two sim units, Giants more wins than Eagles next year. Kramer, let it ride.